Support for this episode comes from Lalamand Brewing. Lalamand Brewing is a division of Lalamand Inc., a global producer of yeast and bacteria that aims to help breweries achieve their growth and quality goals by offering products, services, and education. Lalamand Brewing's premium brewing yeasts and bacteria deliver unmatched consistency, reliability, and purity, allowing brewers to take full control of the brewing process. At the forefront of innovation and always looking to expand on the motto, we brew with you, Lalamand Brewing recently launched Lau Brew Verdant IPA in collaboration with Verdant Brewing Co. UK. Lau Brew Verdant IPA is a unique strain of brewing yeast suitable for a broad range of beer styles, notably modern IPAs. To find out more about Lalamand Brewing and follow their news and product launches, connect with them on social media or visit www.lalamandbrewing.com. A lot can happen in 18 months. Here in England, we're on our third Prime Minister in that period. And not to mention, we also have a new head of the British monarchy as well. And for today's guest, he's not only started a brewery in that time, but he's built one that has already become an unmissable part of London's brewing fabric. Hello and welcome to the Brewer's Journal podcast. My name is Tim Sheehan, editor of the Brewer's Journal. We're all familiar with the saying that time flies when you're having fun. When we last spoke to Rich White back in April last year, he was in the middle of a crowdfunding campaign and a brewery fit out. His long held ambition to start a brewery of his own was becoming a reality. In that episode, we spoke about his exciting plans for werewolf beer their crowdfunding campaign, his love of brewing classic American styles, and also the brewery's very own ghost train. At that point, it was very much a case of all hands on deck. And you can probably argue that little has changed since, except now he has a brewery to call his very own. And it's one making excellent beer that caters for the great and the good of London and beyond. So without further ado, why don't we pick up from where we left off from 18 months ago. I I don't think we were at the point where we needed our premises license. That was the hell of being in a three hour long hearing via Zoom while local residents harangued me for all the ills of society that having a craft brewery would bring. So that went, uh, that was sorted. We got the place at the beginning of October, 2021, and we had an arch with no floor and a toilet with no door on it and no bar and no brew kit. But I had tables and I had a few kegs of stuff we'd brewed at other places. And so we did a soft launch for Halloween weekend and it was a really big success. 
And we kind of went through that beer in a couple of weeks and then had to start cooking on getting everything else set up. So getting drainage, getting flooring, getting getting bathrooms put in, putting a bar together, and then actually getting the brew kit in and wired up. But unsurprisingly, though, things often take longer than we all expect, with life at Werewolf Beer going at full pelt ever since. I expected to be um, I expected to be up and brewing, you know, within a month or two of, of getting the lease, and that wasn't the case. Um, I think we really started brewing in uh, February, so we we had a New Year's Eve party, and we kind of sold more beer than I thought we were going to, and we didn't have any more beer, so uh, we kind of closed the doors at that point and waited until we actually had beer again. Uh, so opened up April first, had all sorts of crazy stuff. We had uh, we showed Wolf Cop on the big screen here. Had um, just a, a ton of people and uh, went through a lot, a lot of beer. And it's it's been building off of off of that ever since. Beers produced by Rich have been a hit with local patrons. Many of these are traditional American styles that are going down especially well during the recent Halloween period or as the cool kids call, spooky season. We haven't uh, we haven't had any issues selling the beer, and we have, I mean, obviously a lot of our sales are going through the tap room, and we have loyal regulars, we have locals, um, and the neighborhood is still discovering that we're here. But we also have uh, people uh, that are fans coming from around the country, uh, especially because it's Halloween time as well right now. But Psychobilly Pale Ale is, um, I mean, people are like, I will not drink anything else. Moonstomp, our rice lager, again, um, people will just come here and drink it all day. Horror Show, which for 6.2% rye IPA, people treat it like a regular drinking beer. Like uh, it's it's not a heavy duty thing for them. So it feels like we're we're drinking an American bar where, where the beers are, are 6%. Um, Stray Cat's done really well, the citrus beer. We've just rebrewed that. And... We've been waiting to bring uh, Creepster, the American Brown Ale, back, which we had back before we opened up. And uh, I think we got our stock out last week and we've already sold out. So we also double brewed pumpkin this year. So Halloween, the uh, uh, the American style pumpkin beer. We did two batches back to back and one went into cans and one went into kegs and we are pretty much sold out. So I've got I've got stock for the tap room, uh, so we'll be fine throughout uh, the next couple of weekends of Halloween events. But uh, nope, it's uh, it was limited time. We had it for end of end of September uh, and it's gone uh, three weeks into October. Beer is flowing at Werewolf HQ, but there have also been hurdles along the way. One of the reasons we didn't kind of get up and running until February was chasing a, a VAT return from HMRC uh, with a, because I've been spending money for years and we're finally claiming it back and had a lot of big purchases going into the beginning of this year to get set up. And I was waiting on a 20,000 pound VAT return and um, HMRC wouldn't release it due to an error 
uh, we won't say whose side it was on, but uh, <laughs> they just wouldn't fix it. Um, it was uh, an issue of on like one line we'd overclaimed forty six. Like we we overpaid forty six pounds when we should have paid twenty three somewhere. And this threw a whole monkey wrench in, and it took me getting Keir Starmer's office involved to get the money back. It took my account. My accountants were on the phone to them every day for about three months, and I was on the phone for probably a month and a half. And I really, really couldn't get past it. If I hadn't gotten that 20 grand, finally, when I did, we wouldn't be talking right now because I just would have been out of business. <laughs> that was That was a big, I mean, that was a big one. And it just... I'd be a couple of months more ahead right now if that had not happened. Such stumbling blocks have meant that Rich has not produced as much beer as he'd ideally liked at this point in. But right now, he's only looking ahead. I really do think uh, April, beginning of April was the time to open the tap room because we were we could use the outdoor space. It was warm enough for that. Um, we were past COVID restrictions for the most part. Um, so that was the, I, I say it was nice out. It snowed that weekend. Um, <laughs> but it, um, yeah, I think that uh, I just would have liked to have had more beer made this year. This is, so actually this is one of the other challenges is um, trying to produce enough beer while I'm also putting out fires um, dealing with all the business operations end of things, robbing Peter to pay Paul um, as far as uh, money coming in and money going out immediately after uh, cash flow, all those sort of things um, take up a considerable amount of my time. And it's taken a lot to get me on a really happy brewing schedule. We're now on one in one out on the tanks, which is which is fine. Um, but before there were, you know, uh, weeks and months where I really didn't have a lot of beer coming out because I was just too, too busy and also not feeling quite confident enough about what I was doing. Uh, that, that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, yeah. So that was th there was a knock on effect because of that. Now that the beer is basically goes in the tank, comes out of the tank when it's supposed to, um, and it walks out the door without too much pushing, um, I feel a lot better about myself and and the operation but the the second the second guessing and not uh brewing enough yeah it's we're a little behind the eight ball on cash because of that i think beers such as psycho billy moonstomp and stray cat have helped keep taproom visitors satiated each weekend and while werewolf beer has a strong growing community rich is keen to see its reputation grow further afield too I want to be comfortable enough where we produce beer and we're not having to grow to survive. So I'd like to get a couple more tanks in and get a, and get a small canning line in. And hopefully for, for a few years, that's, that's it. Pushing through the tap room and then being able to sell online in small pack just gets me, you know, it, it's more, more pounds per liter of beer produced instead of selling into pubs uh, for a really small margin. But, uh, yeah, I, I like to be like, 
I, I won't lie. I, I mean, I, I want to be known for doing this and making good beer and uh, seeing it out in pubs, you know, all across the country. Um, but I, I don't need, you know, I don't need to be in every pub in North London, for instance. Uh, I'm happy with the ones I'm in, but if we can sell a, a good chunk through the tap room and that keeps the lights on, um, then we can be a bit picky about where the beer goes and go places that we really enjoy or places that uh, fit with the the brand as far as uh, being American or um, horror themed or any any of those kind of synergies. God, I just said synergies. While it's a word we all love to hate, it's those synergies that has helped Werewolf build its reputation across London and beyond. And it's something that will only get stronger. And that's based on the quality of its beer. Looking at our core range, without without the without the cool branding and without recognizing it getting getting a pale ale or a lager in somewhere um unless uh people are getting it because it's cheap really doesn't uh it doesn't it just doesn't move that way um so the specialty stuff is what we seem to get into the places i i want to be more but I think in the end, I think the quality of the pale ale and the lager uh, will get noted enough that we can kind of get into places that I, that I want to be in. It's been hard work, but it has been worth it. And for Rich, sometimes it's important to take a step back. I am feeling really good about it. People around here, I used to, you know, when we, when we first were opening the tap room, and I'm like, oh, people really like this. And I, you know, staff here was having to tell me, yeah, it's because you are good at making beer and you've come up with something really interesting and people like it. Like you, you should not be so surprised. But yeah, the, uh, yeah, I, I'm still, I'm still tired. I'm still broke, tired, and frustrated. But now I'm broke, tired, and frustrated for me, which is a whole different thing. So. <laughs> The Brewers Journal podcast is a production of Reby Media, produced and hosted by me, Tim Sheehan. Sound engineering is by Ross McPherson. Series supervision by John Young. The executive producer is Rory Harris. And special thanks today to Rich White of Werewolf Beer. <laughs>